Hey everyone. As you know, I'm a huge fan of living a healthy lifestyle, including taking the right supplements. Collagen is one of my favorite supplements. It is the most abundant protein in the human body. As we grow older, we break it down faster than we can replace it. This loss affects our skin, nails, hair, muscles, joints, and tendons, bones, and gut, making us look and feel old. Totem Voss is a wellness company that created a collagen chew for a real-life person, the 78-year-old mother of the founder. As a result, the quality is unrivaled. Totem Voss chews contain equal part deep-sea Icelandic cod, domestic grass-fed beef, and organic chicken bone broth, along with companion ingredients such as vitamin C for full collagen synthesis. These varied sources address a greater range of collagen needs within the body. Their customers are reporting results with such problems as rosacea, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, degenerative disc disease, as well as improved hair, skin, and nails. Practitioners are finding the juice to be an effective tool in restoring gut health. You can find Totem Voss, that's T-O-T-U-M-V-O-S, at getchews.com. That's getchews.com. Use code DRDIVA, that's D-R-D-I-V-A, for an additional 10% off your first order. Intuition is a muscle we're all born with, and I think we all have it, and then it just over time wears out. And over time, it becomes this thing that we just doubt with our physical mind instead of trusting our body to give us the cues. The mind is incredibly powerful, and we have got to give it more credit that our connecting to another's soul, if you will, or their spirit, if you will, can happen from all the senses, not just from speaking to a person. Hello, this is Dr. Deva Nagula. Welcome to From Doctor to Patient, where our goal is to bring you topics of discussion that will educate you on the various healing modalities to help balance the mind, body, and spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Doctor to Patient. Today, I am pleased to have Jen Weagle with me. Jennifer is an award-winning broadcast journalist. She won an Emmy for her on-camera reporting for CBS and has also worked for ABC, NBC, WGN, and WLS. She was a reporter and columnist for the Chicago Tribune from 2010 to 2015, where she covered Blue Sky Business Innovation, The Remarkable Woman, Beat Lifestyles, Travel, and Food. She also helped launch the Tribune's video department, her popular podcast, I'm Spiritual, damn it, ran on WGM Plus for several years. And her most popular interviews from that podcast can be found on her YouTube channel. She was a wellness columnist, reporter, and video producer for the Chicago Sun-Times, and now can be heard having inspiring conversations with her weekly podcast, The Jen Weagle Show. She's also known for tackling spirituality with humor through her writing and has written four books. Stay tuned, I'm Spiritual, damn it. This isn't the life I ordered and Psychics, Healers, and Mediums, a journalist, a road trip, and voice from the other side. She hosts the Spiritual Social Club, where she interviews authors and gurus from across the country once a month. Her one-woman show, I'm Spiritual Dammit, had two successful runs on the Chicago stage. She's an experienced life coach and is available for event hosting, keynote speeches, comedy, and public speaking. Jen, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me, doctor. It's great to be here with you. So I am very curious as to how you 
came to this path that you're currently in now. And you were just a broadcast journalist and you went down a different investigative path. So tell us a little bit about how you got here. Well, it was definitely not planned at all. You know, I was just living my life. I was Jennifer Weigel, the reporter, you know, ego driven. Let's get as many awards as we can and get our face out there because that's what was important, you know, just doing more and having more accomplishments. I thought that that would create happiness. And then my father, who uh, Tim Weigel is his name, he was a sportscaster in Chicago. He died of a brain tumor at the age of 56. And so when he died, I went on this sort of tailspin into wondering uh, where he was because I was a journalist and I needed my sources to be someone I could call on a landline, preferably, you know, (laughs) talk to them, uh, maybe meet them in person. I didn't think there could be anything to this talking to the other side, barking at the sky, you know, praying for signs kind of stuff. So I was very much in the third dimension, right? Very physical and very just, it's all right here. If I can't see it and I can't touch it, then it doesn't exist. So I went out to actually investigate these people that claim to have these you know, paranormal gifts, just as a exercise to, I thought, defraud. I thought I was just going to expose them all as frauds, really, to be quite honest. And I found myself scratching my head, you know, four books later and all these audio books later, I'm still having conversations. And what I've come to learn is that what I'm most fascinated by are doctors that have transformations, which are why, that's why I'm so excited to talk to you. Because when you're from the world of science, and then suddenly everything's flipped upside down and you got to open a new compartment in your brain. That's when the excitement happens, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because it's curious as to how that part is blown wide open. You know, for me, it's been a journey to get to where I am and I haven't even gotten to my destination yet. I guess this is just the way life is. You just continuously go on a journey. And uh, for me, it's been interesting because I've been diving into the world of psychedelics over the last two and a half years. And I think that definitely opened things up for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I definitely have some, some cool things that have happened to me, some new skill sets that has been either opened up or given to me through my connection you know, with spirit. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear more stories about the people that you've had conversations with that were Western practitioners like myself. Yes, yeah, so I would say the person who totally changed for me. It changed everything because she's a physician. She's a surgeon, an orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Mary Neal, N-E-A-L. She wrote the best-selling book, To Heaven and Back. She was dead, no oxygen, 30 minutes. I mean, and her, her husband, also a surgeon, was there as a witness. So it's not like she was just like, oh, I was dead for a couple of minutes. You know, I, I interviewed a wonderful woman who had died for 37 seconds. I mean, still, no oxygen flatlining, that means something's happening. But for Dr. Mary Neal, she says, look, I am um, <laughs> a pragmatist. I'm a scientist. I am not a fanciful thinker. And I like to know what I know. And she says, I should be a vegetable. And she is walking, talking. She's a living miracle. When she was dead, she was in the light. What happened is she was in a kayaking accident in Chile. And her kayak, you know, she went over this treacherous part and got lodged under a rock and she was basically drowned. And they found her body like 30 minutes later, just floating. And she was totally bloated from the water and all this stuff. And next thing you know, there's an ambulance just in the middle of the jungle, which never happens. You know, she said all these quote coincidences happened that got her to the treatment that could save her life. And of course they administered CPR right away, which saved her life, which that in and of itself is a miracle. And 
she was given all these messages and downloads and, you know, here, and she was kicked out of heaven. She was like, this place is great. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and then they said, sorry, lady, you got to go back and tell your story to anyone who will listen. And <laughs> I told her, I said, look, I've got some abandonment issues from my childhood. I don't know if I, there are enough therapists in the world that could help me with getting kicked out of heaven. <laughs> that would just be too much. Huh. So that day, and I remember I was a columnist at the Chicago Tribune when this happened, she came down to the Tribune because she was speaking at Evanston Hospital. She was going around the country speaking to hospitals about her experience. And she said sometimes one doctor would show up and sometimes 15 would show up and sometimes 50 would show up. But even if there was just one, she knew she was supposed to tell that story. And that is one of the things. She came down and she said, I was terrified to come down here, but I wake up every day and I say, okay, in God we trust. She thinks of the penny. In God we trust. And she just moves forward and she got the call go to the Tribune, do an interview. And the real annoying part was that as a columnist for the Chicago Tribune, they would not publish her story. They said it was too woo-woo. You know, oh, wow. a religion of, yeah, we had a religion columnist that, that's allowed to write about the Vatican and the Pope and you know the Cardinal and all that. But we couldn't write about this. And her book went on to be a bestseller. She was on Anderson Cooper and CBS and Fox. And, you know, she would ended up being on every single channel and we could have had the first story on her and they said no. So that is the kind of resistance that I have been finding in mainstream media to some of this content. Um, thankfully things like the new show on Netflix, Surviving Death has maybe opened the door and blown the door open. And Dr. Mary Neal is featured in episode one of that show, which was very validating. Again, it's like, wow, I interviewed her back when, before her book was even published by a mainstream publisher. She had self-published it first and then it became a bestseller. So Dr. Mary Neal, I would say was the one who, cause she, she said this to me. She said, no, I want you to test the universe, if you will, test God. And mm -hmm. every time something happens where you go, that's weird. Like you think about someone and then they call you or you ask for a sign and you get a sign. Or um, She says, if you acknowledge it and you look up and you say, thank you, got mm -hmm. it. That will actually create more and more momentum so that the law of averages could not possibly explain how often it takes place. Because you're basically sending a flare up to God or the universe that you are tuned in and you're ready for more. And so that day is when I started seeing heart shapes in everything. I'm not kidding. From like dog vomit to grass clump. <laughs> and, I'm, and I started taking pictures and posting them on my Instagram. And it just, it's amazing to me. The other day, my turkey burger was heart shaped and I just laughed out loud. I'm like, you guys are good. You know, that's hard work. So um, I think it was Dr. Mary Neal that really changed it for me. Because as a woman of science, and as you know this, you know, when a doctor tells you, hey, I was dead for 30 minutes, I'm a living miracle, you just kind of listen. When somebody's died and lived to talk about it, then you take notice. Mm -hmm. And then how many encounters do you think you've experienced in, in terms of when, when you started going down this path to do this investigative journalism, you know, in this field? I mean, there's just so many. You watch all these YouTube videos and, and you hear of these. I mean, because you're talking to these people and having conversations and there's must've been a, a lot of people and it's just mind blowing to talk to these people one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. But then you start experiencing it yourself. You're like, yeah. wait, what? I mean, I remember 
just even going back to my first book, Stay Tuned, I went to this town, Lilydale. Lilydale, New York is um, where spiritualists, that spiritualist movement was founded in the mid 1800s. And it really got traction around the time of Abraham Lincoln. And then they opened their doors from, let's see, Memorial Day to Labor Day. And it's all spiritualists and psychics, mediums, healers, whatever. And it's just a really interesting community. And so Hmm. I go there looking to hopefully connect to my dad and my mother-in-law at the time, I'm divorced, but at the time, my mother-in-law, who was a card-carrying Catholic who told me I was basically going to hell for even interviewing these people, she showed up at every single session I had. And I finally looked at, you know, like the fourth medium and I said, no offense to my mother-in-law, but could she please step aside? Cause I'd really like to talk to my dad. <laughs> she didn't even believe in any of this stuff. Can we get her out of the room, please? And she literally, every single one had a, and they were inside jokes that only she and I knew that you can't Google anywhere that I never wrote about anywhere. You know, that's the stuff when you can't Google something. You know, I remember sitting down with one person and he said, were you just on a tour of a school yesterday? And you're like, how could you be tapping into the movie of my mind the day before? I didn't post anything about it. I was on a tour of a possible new school for my son the day before. And I literally, the skeptic in me, doctor, I thought this person had been following me. I mean, it's like, exactly. how, how would they know this? You know, but there's something scientific about it and there's something spiritual about it. And there's something to energy and how it, you know, broadcasts out there. You know, there are mentalists that I've interviewed that literally read my mind in that moment. So are some of these people reading your mind and maybe, but that mm-hmm. just, again, that's even a cool party trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take it. And interesting, you know, you kind of talked about you're a scientist, you know, you, you value science. And this is also a spiritual experience too. So can you define this from, a, from both perspectives? Well, so I'm not a scientist. I interview scientists. I was, you know, very much into any scientist who's experienced this. But I feel like now, well, look at this. We used to think it was okay to smoke. Okay, doctors used to be on TV asking, what cigarette do you smoke? Lighting up camels. So we basically do what we know at the time with the information that we've gathered, okay? So what I would like to see happen is more data being shared about the power of intuition and something like spirituality, something bigger happening, the soul, if you will. Dr. Eben Alexander is another wonderful example of a guy who was in a coma from his kind of meningitis and you know, he, he's like, I would never have believed in this in a you know million years. And then one of these quote, you know, angels that was with him was this woman and he didn't know who this was. And it turns out it was his sister that he didn't know he had, or, you know what I'm saying? It's like all of these, there's no way that anyone could do the research on this stuff ahead of time. So you just have to go, I don't know everything. Maybe I'm using 9% of my brain on a good day. So what's the other 91% doing? You know, we have to, we have to give some space to learn more. We thought the world was flat until we knew science and that wasn't the case. So we do what we know at the time. And so I encourage people to keep asking questions, keep digging, keep looking under the hood, and, and then you can judge for yourself. You can decide for yourself. You know, uh, My Stroke of Insight is a wonderful book. Jill Bolte-Taylor, she's a doctor, and she was a specialist in the brain and she had a stroke. And she saw her brain was shutting down. She knew it was happening. I don't know if you've read that book, but it's so incredible because she could feel the doctor's feelings. You know, she could literally, 
she knew what they were thinking, but she couldn't speak. So the mind is incredibly powerful and we have got to give it more credit that our connecting to another's soul, if you will, or their spirit, if you will, can happen from all the senses, not just from speaking to a person, you know? Mm -hmm. And you've come across a lot of people who are psychics, mediums. So what is the difference between the two? Well, a psychic is somebody who's intuitive and wants to tell you about the future, right? And a medium is a person that wants to tell you about the other side and says they're talking to your dead relatives. And some do both and some don't, right? I think that actually all mediums are psychic in a sense. They're getting some sort of intuitive hits. But I think we're all intuitive. I prefer mm-hmm. the word intuitive because psychic to me, you know, gives people the idea of like a crystal ball and a dead chicken around your right. neck and all that stuff. So intuitive, intuition is a muscle we're all born with and I think we all have it. And then it just over time wears out. And over time it becomes this thing that we just doubt with our physical mind instead of trusting our body to give us the cues. Um, you know, another doctor that changed my life was Dr. Judith Orloff, who is an MD and she's the head of psychiatry at UCLA. Like she's a big deal. And she's also had a couple near death experiences and is an empath, she says. And, and empaths are people whose antenna are super sensitive. They don't like crowds. They get anxious. You know, there, there can be different levels of empathy and and, you know, I was definitely an empath as a kid. I would That's get, me. <laughs> you know, right? You don't, you get stomach aches and you don't know why you're around certain people. They make you uneasy. You're kind of picking up on other people's sludge. And, and that's an empath. And she really gave credence to that label. She's got a great quiz on her website. You can go and take it and see how many of them you score. And then you can say, oh, well, that makes sense. I'm an empath. And there's tools to being an empath. You got to be kind to yourself. You got to break away from the crowd, put up energetic protection. You know, she talks about a a golden ball of light around you, a double-sided mirror. So you don't, you know, the energy vampires that suck the life out of us, we all have them in our family, in our work. So um, again, another MD talking about these kinds of tools and things will make it more mainstream. And that is Mm -hmm. my big hope. Hey, Dr. Diva here. Thank you to all my listeners who supported my book and helped to make it a huge success. You all have helped us hit number one in Barnes & Noble, number one in oncology, cancer, healing, and medical eBooks, and number 21 in all of the Kindle store. You've also helped us hit number three on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list. If you haven't received your copy, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or booksatmillion.com. Visit from doctortopatient.com to become part of our growing community of health and wellness aficionados and to learn more. If you like our book and podcast, please go to amazon.com to write a five-star review and go to Apple Podcasts to also write a five-star review on this podcast or any of our episodes that you've enjoyed. We need reviews to attract and secure top-notch guests for this show. Thank you so much for your support. And it's interesting. I am actually, I'm an empath and I only discovered that recently because I started to feel over the last two years, maybe even slightly longer, just a lot of anxiousness and and nervousness and just energy that I was not familiar with. And I thought it was something that was wrong with me. And honestly, it is as I was diving into this field of spirituality and psychedelics, I started to learn 
that the people that I'm around, I'm that antenna, I'm, I'm tapping into their emotions. And so every time I get this hit of a wave of anxiety, I'm looking around to who that person is. And it's actually quite cool because as a healer, I can go to that person and, and see what's wrong and try to help with them because I can feel what they're going through. And that's a lot of the healers that I've interviewed would say, or even some of the mediums, they'll say, who died of a head problem, head trauma, I'm feeling a headache, intense pain in my head. So they'll get the symptom of, say my dad died of a brain so tumor. Channeling. Of, yeah. you know, they're channeling that, that physical symptom. And so that's what's happening, it sounds like, with you. And, and unfortunately, I feel there are a lot of, if there's any parents out there listening and their kids complain of pain and aches and stomach aches and whatever, the gut biome is huge and it's our antenna and it's a, one of our major chakra sources. And I think there's more gut issues now than ever before because kids sure. don't know how to work with this energy that they're picking up on. I had a very similar situation, what you're talking about, where I was at my desk once. I remember I was writing a story at the Tribune and all of a sudden I felt complete panic and sadness. And I was like, what the? And then I asked, is this mine or someone else's? And I got this strong feeling it was someone else's. So I stood up and I looked over the median and there was a woman, she was packing up her stuff. She had just been told she was being let go. And I didn't see her through the partition, but I felt her, you know, her energy came splattering in my direction. And because I was just sitting there in neutral, I absorbed it. And so I try to tell people it's hard not to be in neutral because you want to just be relaxed, right? You're just like, ugh, I don't want to think about protection and I don't want to think about putting up this boundary of an energetic wall and a double-sided mirror. But when you're in busy places and you're an empath, you have to think about that because otherwise you're going to feel it and it's going to really kind of wreak havoc with your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's kind of what happens to me. And again, you were talking about this, you know, energetic field that we need to place on ourselves to protect ourselves from either absorbing or taking on other people's energy. So I've been learning to do that. And yeah, it's essential, especially when you're in crowds of people uh, on a regular basis. I mean, fortunately, it's not happening now. I mean, you could, but because mm -hmm. of our, our restrictions due to COVID, we, you know, I'm not in crowds as often as I was. So there is an advantage there, but still having that protection in place and knowing how to use it is very essential. Totally. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and it's a tool I'm still tweaking every single day, you know, and I wish it were a class in schools. I wish how to develop your intuition were a class in schools. You know, it was, it was couched in the 50s and 60s with like the power of positive thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And, you know, Conrad Hilton talked about the Hilti hunch, which is intuition, but it made him a very successful and rich businessman, you know, the, the men in business talk about that gut feeling. I just went mm -hmm. with my gut. That's intuition. So mm -hmm. if we could just celebrate that, teach that as a major skill, have exercises. I tell, I tell my son all the time who's a teenager and I tell my friends and I tell my, my Zooms, I do these like weekly, I call them spiritual social clubs because I can't be in person right now due to the pandemic. So we do these virtual gatherings and I say, always, always work that muscle. Always. So if the phone vibrates and you know you're expecting a text, just pause for a second and think who you think it might be. Before you look, feel and see, and maybe you'll get a vision of the person's face or you'll see their name typed or whatever it is, but start working that muscle because just like going to the gym, the more you do it, the stronger it will get. You know, you can't run a marathon by walking a mile a day. You got to train for it. So I hope that people will listen to this and start training that intuitive muscle. That's a really good idea. I never thought about that because, you know, I'm on my phone and I'm getting text messages through all these different platforms and emails. And it's like, 
you know, you're devoid of that physical contact with all this technology that's going on. Yep. I guess having that visual of preaching that person can have that mental connection and, and you can visualize it and, and that exactly trains that muscle. So that's really brilliant. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, no problem. Thank you. And in terms of psychics, so do you feel that the psychics are, when this stuff comes to them, is it because they already have a connection with spirituality or is it just kind of random? You know what? I think it's interesting because I have a real hard time sometimes with the whole psychic idea because people just want to know their future and free will is a bitch. And at any moment we can take a sharp left turn or a sharp right turn and get on a plane and go to Jamaica and just blow the whole thing out of the water. So I tell people that a psychic might be telling you what they're seeing. And if everything moves forward in that same trajectory, then maybe it will come true. But we cannot control someone else's free will. I just had a conversation with a um, a person the other day who was asking me, can I ask for signs on whether this relationship will work out? And There's two players there. You can only control your free will. You cannot control the other person's free will. So if the other person wants to tangle with you, that's their choice. So you can ask for signs all you want. Will it work out with Joe? Or am I going to be with Dan? But guess what? Joe and Dan are on their trajectory and every day they have a choice of whether they're going to call you or not. And so it's really hard to predict other people's behaviors. Now, I do think because of Dr. Mary Neal, and when she died, she told me she saw that we have these destiny points that we're supposed to hit in our lifetimes of people we're supposed to meet, things we're supposed to accomplish. And if we decide to get off track, then eventually we'll be guided back onto the path. So it's like, mm. <laughs> you know, when you make a wrong turn and your GPS is like recalculating route, you know, you'll get there. It'll just take you a little longer and you got to take a few more turns. But if there are quote destiny points you're supposed to hit that you're guided to follow through with, you will be taken there. So that stuff, I think that you can't be messed with. And there are some people I feel that can tap into those, but the timing is always screwy with psychics and people get so mad. You told me I meet a guy in October and it's been four Octobers and I haven't met anybody. Well, guess what? Maybe it'll be the 11th October because sometimes these people are just seeing the month October and then their ego mind puts this October, you'll meet a guy, you know? So it's one of those really tricky things on the timing piece, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to call. And, uh, but I just try to encourage people to tap into their own intuition Mm -hmm. and not to bank on whether they should go to the store because a psychic told them so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, And speaking of, you know, being told what to do and so many people are, it seems more and more are open to this and maybe they're open to this in their own mind, but not sharing it with the public. And I, I think that there's this sort of like, uh, not necessarily, it's, it's kind of frowned upon, you know, and, and it's looked down upon. And I wonder, you know, is this because there's so many frauds that are out there that are taking advantage of people or are people just scared of, of this type of, of psychic ability or clairvoyance? Well, I think a lot of it is because of what religion has put on it, right? So people can sit there and think, oh, this is, this is happening. Jesus rose from the dead. And that's like, no problem. They'll believe that. But then you say, oh, the psychic I went to talk to my dead dad. People go, oh, you really? I mean, so how is it that it's completely acceptable that nobody had any cameras or physical evidence that, that these religious people did what they did. We're just taking someone's word for it and then it's written down and chiseled onto templates and, and then 
put into pieces of paper and text that we, some people really believe is law, their, their spiritual law. But what we see and touch and feel right here and now is weird. And so I just feel like every single job, right? Whether it's a doctor or a mechanic, you're going to find frauds. You're going to find bad ones. You're going to have a bad plumber. You know, you might have a bad handyman. And so does that ruin every handyman when you have a bad one? So unfortunately there are frauds. Unfortunately, there are people with ill intent and I've met many of them. They use their quote abilities for the wrong reasons, which is horrible, but it happens. And so I feel like that that's going to happen in any where USA, you know, your Mm -hmm. accountant might rip you off. (laughs) That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Exactly. So again, the more people in mainstream jobs, such as doctors, journalists that talk about this and say, yeah, I went to this person. And to me, I'm really fascinated by the ones that don't want to be famous and don't want a TV show and don't care about writing a book. They just want to help you heal from your wounds. And that is the kind of person I'm ready to spend time with and I want to have in my social club to help people mm-hmm. to heal because grief is paralyzing and it, it stops you from moving forward. And if anybody genuinely can help them get on with their day, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. And initially when you went down this path, your, your initial mindset was to expose frauds. Do you have any, any stories that you can share with us about any frauds that you've come across? Well, I, I just... Like I said, I've, I've met some really talented people, so they have the gift and there's no doubt. And so um, they use the, that gift to hook you in with the evidence, right? But then they manipulate a situation or, um, you know, they'll overcharge for their time later. And so, so I feel like they, they get you hooked in with their ability and then they take you to the cleaners, if you mm-hmm. will. And I have, I have seen friends, you know, it, it always breaks my heart to see when somebody emails me that, oh, this guy charged me $1,000 to come and clean my space. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, that's, that's insanity. And so if anybody out there is being told they have to go buy a $5,000 candle to take the hex off of their office or their home or, or their ring or whatever the heck it is, people believe anything when they're grieving. And if these people, these, you know, I call them like the gypsies of, of the zone, there are good Gypsies. I'm not saying that all gypsies are bad, but sometimes they have this kind of carnival sort of energy where they take advantage. And um, I I prefer the faith based mediums, which are the ones that are, you know, not wielding a gigantic cross, but they're big believers in in God and faith. And and you know, one lady I met who is a healer, Pat Longo. She's fantastic. She discovered uh, Teresa, the Long Island medium, Teresa Cudo. And Pat was 45 when she became a hands-on healer and her hands turned on and she didn't know what the heck was happening. And she had five kids and 17 grandkids and was like, what the heck is happening here? So now she's 70 and she helps people develop their skills because she's like, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And so those are the kind of people that I love finding and celebrating. Unfortunately, you got to get through a few of the, the shysters to get to the good ones and so um, people will email me and say, Jen, I need a good psychic. I'm like, really? Or do you need a therapist? Because right. some people who are too dependent on needing their future told because they just can't live with the day-to-day really need a, a coping mechanism for their anxiety or perhaps their empathic or, you know, everyone loves a little good news of something to look forward to to help them get through the tough times. But after a while, we can become too dependent on their gifts and abilities 
And that's when we have to start becoming our own inner voice. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious about you specifically in terms of your path. So what was your spiritual belief prior to going down this path and, and this investigative path that you're on now? And how has it changed over time? You know, I was a convenient Christian, I guess you would say. I was baptized, you know, Lutheran. My my grandpa, I guess, was a Lutheran minister. I, my great-grandpa, I never met him. So we were Lutheran to start and then uh, became Episcopalian with my, my dad's second wife. And that's how I was confirmed. And then I stopped going to church when I hit high school because I was like, I want to sleep in on Sundays. Thank you very much. And then later on, it was sort of congregational. I feel like you can find God if you want to find God in your living room, if you're loading the dishwasher, if you're in the garden, like you don't have to be in the building. But there's something lovely about being in a place where there's singing and and song. And, you know, so that was always something I enjoyed doing, but I never, I never felt like that guilt of, oh gosh, I didn't go to church. I'm not going to be able to find grace. I had some friends who were like that. And it was just this awful cycle of guilt and, you know, shame and, you know, oh, you're going to go to hell. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll save you a room because you're going to be there with me if that's how it's going to be. So um, now I, I know there's something bigger I believe there isn't a, you know, um, hell for people who aren't baptized and there isn't judgment because you are this person or that person. I, I think there's like a life review from all the people I've interviewed who died and come back to tell me about it. You have this review where you basically see and feel everything that you put out. So if you were a real jerk, you're going to feel all those moments. So that could be hell, right? That could be your version of hell. If you killed people, hell. If you um, were loving and spread love, then that can be heavenly. So I just try to live now by the golden rule of treating others the way you'd like to be treated, but knowing that I'm human. I also think you have to put up boundaries to toxic people, you know, per the empath rule book, right? And sometimes that's really hard for people because they don't understand a boundary. What do you mean? You're always there for me. I need to vent. And it's like, no, you're basically throwing up on me energetically and I'm not going to take it today. Find another punching bag. So we all have to live our truth. And sometimes that can be hard for others. But yeah, I think at this point, my, my spiritual belief is that I go through phases of having a different maybe archangel that I am fascinated by and do research on like Michael or Raphael. And lately I've been dipping into the history of mother Mary, you know, the blessed mother and reading up on Mary Magdalene. When I, when I get a chance, I'm fascinated by history that could be documented. And so that kind of stuff always really, really, I absorb it very quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's no hardcore rule except for that I'm open to learning as much as I can. Mm. Yeah, this is great. Well, Jen, I appreciate your time on the show. And and for people who want to find more information about you, what's the best way? I'd say jenweigel.com is the best way. And on that, you can find my podcast, my uh, social clubs. We've got a bunch coming up in the next month or so. And we usually have at least one a week. So it, like I say, it's a great way to connect with community. We make them very small so that everybody can ask questions and feel like they're, you know, it's not like a thousand people or something. We have like 15 people, 20 people. They're very intimate Zooms. So um, I always encourage people to email me. The audiobooks are also all there as well. For old-fashioned reading the paper book, they're on there as well. <laughs> so I'd say jenweigel.com is the best way to find me. Awesome. Well, Jen, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
Thank you. And I really look forward to having a conversation with you on my podcast. So stay tuned, as they say. I look forward to that. Great.